Good morning and welcome to Life Assembly. We're so glad that you're with us today. Um, this is Pastor Jim and I'm Pastor Mary Beth and we're the associate pastors here at Life Assembly. And I want first I want you to know first of all that we've been missing you and we can't wait till the day comes where we're all back together again. Uh, it, it, it's just going to be so much fun to be together again. Uh, we do have a few things going on um, today uh, at 5 o'clock. If you could uh, think about tuning into Zoom, and we will have a prayer time together. Uh, if you can't tune in at 5, we'd still like to pray for you. So if you'd like to email us your prayer request, uh, we can uh, pr still pray for you. Uh, if you'd go to prayer at lifemn.org, and uh, we'd like to support you in prayer uh, at this time. Uh, Jim, you have something going on on Monday? Yes, the men are having a Zoom meetup Monday night at 7 p.m. Uh, the invitations have already been sent out. We look forward to seeing and hearing from all the men in the church. So please join us Monday night at 7 p.m. for a time of Bible study, prayer, and fellowship. And then on Wednesday at 10 o'clock, the ladies have been meeting for a Zoom meeting. We're having morning reflections. We'd like all the ladies in the church to to tune in. Uh, we're just supporting each other through prayer and the Word of God and just connecting with each other. And so every lady is welcome. So that's 10 o'clock on Wednesday. Our life groups at Life Assembly are still going strong. We're using Zoom to meet. And would, I would encourage anybody that's not in a life group to contact me and let me know if you want to join one because we will form new life groups and get people connected so that people can uh, develop relationships and grow together at this time. Mm -hmm. We'd also like to thank you for your continued generosity. We know that this is a difficult time for a lot of people. We're thankful for the generosity you have in your tithes, your gifts, and your offerings. And we just want to remind you that you can send us a check, you can give online, or you can even text your offering to this church. And we thank, we'd like to thank you at this time for that. Amen. Amen is right. i got a few things. Before we transition to uh, worship, I have a, just a little something to say. Uh, we all look at this situation, at these situations we are experiencing through different lenses. Uh, some people look at this COVID-19 pandemic through the conspiracy lens. They see dark forces like Bill Gates and vaccines and microchipping. Others look through the, look through the judgment of God lens, and they see an angry God judging the, sin, the sinful people of this world. Other people look through the revelation lens, and they see the horsemen or the scrolls or the bowls that are poured out upon the earth. Some look at this situation through their favorite national news channel and in the process only see what they want you to see. And then some see this through the political lens, postulating that this is all being orchestrated for a desired outcome in the fall. I would ask you all to remove those lenses and instead look at the situation through the eyes of Christ. With the other lenses, we get angry, frustrated, and fearful. Looking through the eyes of Christ, we see and experience faith, hope, and love. We see the person who needs a helping hand. We see a person who needs an uplifting word. And we see a person who needs to hear the gospel. So today and every day, I'm going to look through the eyes of Christ. And let that be your lens as well for all things as we go forward. Amen. Now join us for a time of worship. Hey, welcome everyone to church on this beautiful Sunday. Um, I hope you're all doing well, and I'm so excited to worship with you today. Um, let's just open up in some prayer. 
Oh, Jesus, we just love you, God. We just give this day to you. We want you to have all the glory, God. God, would you meet us today, wherever we are, if we're at home on our couch, in our kitchens, whatever's going on um, in our lives, God, just meet us today and feel glorified. We love you and we bless you. Amen.
Open up my eyes in what 
beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Lead me in your love to those Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, your the shadows can't deny your name cannot be overcome your name is light forever lifted high your name cannot be overcome your name is light that the shadows can't Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. 
I am Dale DeMell, lead pastor of Life Assembly Church, and we are so glad to see you this morning. I want to thank, first of all, Pastors Jim and Mary Beth for just a a great and timely uh, message for us and also just reminding us of what's happening here right now. Also, if you had a chance uh, to worship with um, Samantha, it was just a, a wonderful time here in the church as she was worshiping. I can tell you that the presence of the Lord was here, and I believe that the presence of the Lord is also with you right now, whether you're listening in your car or you are at home with family and participating. God is with us, God is here, and God is speaking to our hearts, even now, even today. Today marks six weeks where we have not been together right here in this church today. A saying that I've heard from many of you is, I miss us. We, we miss being here together. And, and people have said that being online 100% does not take the place of the church and being together. And you are exactly right. It does not. The scripture tells us that we are not to forsake the assembly of believers, of coming together in worship, and we are excited for that time. We're already planning. We're, we're looking at what that's going to look like in the coming weeks. So pay attention as we communicate, as restrictions begin to lower. Um, until then, I want to invite you in to a timely message, I believe, of as we're just coming after Easter, and there is so much to look forward to, to the future. Now, right now, um, there are different things happening, and we're seeing, and, and Pastor Jim talked a little bit about it. Um, right now, there are people who are, um, they, they have compromised immune systems. There are people who are older that, that they know that they could not fight an illness like COVID-19. We also have people who are absolutely devastated. We have people who were about to retire, and they can't. We have people whose businesses have totally been destroyed. Everything they've worked so hard to achieve is now totally in limbo and in question. We have people that are losing their jobs in our church and in our community and in our families. And so what are we to do? And and here's something I want to recommend. Um, I've been seeing online, I've been seeing through different comments of arguments and trying to state your side. And instead, I want to encourage you to do three things. First of all, I need you to listen. Because understanding that somebody's immune system is compromised, they are thankful. They are thankful for the restrictions. They are thankful that people are valuing their life. Listen to them. Empathize. Understand where they're coming from. Secondly, understand people that their livelihoods, everything that they've built is now potentially destroyed. People that are worried because what they've saved is no longer there. Empathize with them. Understand. Listen to their stories. But do not play into a this or that because right now it is way more important to understand where people are coming from. And when we listen and when we empathize, I believe that God is there listening, God is there with us, and we are able to do what God has done for us, and that's show grace 
and show mercy. And so that's just something I want to and really encourage, especially our church, Life Assembly Church. We are a kind church. We are a church that loves people, and we are going to reflect that when we behave in a way that is Christ-like. You can say amen from where you're sitting right now if you agree with me. Now, I was in um, my Bible reading, and I was taking my time because I didn't really want to read the book of Leviticus. Um, If you've read the book of Leviticus, it's uh, one of the five books of Moses, and it's the Levitical law. It's the law that God gave Moses on Sinai. And honestly, it's not a riveting reading. You're, it's not a book that you're super, well, most of you anyway, it's not a book that you get super stoked about. And so I was kind of taking my time. I was like, oh, I'll read this book. I'll, this book's easier. I'll read this. I enjoy this one more. And I, I just, I took, I got to the right mindset and I began to read. And what was so interesting is reading this after Easter. And, and I believe that this is a crucial element of the gospel of Jesus Christ that just jumped out at me. And I I tried to go a different direction for today, but the Lord kept bringing me back to this because I think it is so important. And I've titled this, The Equality of the Cross. The Equality of the Cross. Now, I'm going to start with a parable of Jesus, and I'm going to give a snippet of Leviticus to show you something. And I, I believe that, that it's just going to blow your mind and you are going to see how God gave us his absolute best in Jesus and what that means for you. So first of all, in Luke chapter 14, verses 16 to 24, we have the parable of the great banquet. This is a master who prepared an enormous feast. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 16. But he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field. I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and go, and I want to go and examine it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you've commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel Just think of that. Compel them to come in. That my house may be filled, for I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet. Now, just think of this for a second. Think if you went all out. If you created a meal of a lifetime with invitations and all the time and preparation that went into the greatest meal that you had ever prepared. Prime steak, the absolute best. You held no expense. You had the best entertainment. You had somebody come and decorate and made the space absolutely amazing. How would you feel that if all those invitations, they began to come back to you rejected, they would start giving you excuses that you knew were not super valuable. They were not super important. And how would you feel about this? 
I know how, how I would feel. I, I would feel insulted. I, I would feel like people were calloused. I, I would feel like they were trying to hurt me after I put all this time, after I put all this effort to be able to connect. What, what is this parable saying? This parable is saying that God has given his absolute best. He has given his best for you. He has given his best for me. But yet, even then, even then, he is saying people have rejected him. People have rejected his best. Now that leads us into the book of Leviticus. Now, like I said to you, um, I was not expecting to pull a sermon out of this. This was just out of personal reading and devotion, but something changed as I began to read this after Holy Week. It began to to sound very different to me. And uh, this is Leviticus chapter 5, starting at verse 5. Now, in in this situation, um, it's a law that God told Moses, Moses is telling people, if you maybe sinned and you didn't realize you you sinned, but then you found out, what do you do? And so in verse 5, it says, when he realizes his guilt in any of these and confesses the sin he has committed. So there's the first step of confession. Verse 6, he shall bring to the Lord as his compensation for the sin uh, that he has committed, a female from the flock, a lamb, or a goat for a sin offering, and for the priest shall make atonement for him in the sin. So here shows the next steps, payment. So there, there is the confession, there is the payment, Third, there is the priest or the mediator that now makes atonement on your behalf for your sin to God. Verse 7, but if he cannot afford a lamb, he then shall bring it to the Lord as his compensation for the sin that he has committed, two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. He shall bring them to the priest who shall offer First, the one for the sin offering. What do we have here? We have tiers of sacrifice. We have different levels. Now, recently, I was on Craigslist, and I was trying to sell a car. Now, first thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to go to kbb.com, which is Kelly Blue Book. What it is is it tells you the value if you sell it retail, if you sell it um, to a dealership. It gives you the value of your car. And I was thinking of that because when you read this, you all of a sudden have different values of a sacrifice. Here is the best. So when you rate your car, it's like, okay, here's the very best. It's in the absolute best condition. So the value of your car goes higher. Then it starts tearing down. It goes, okay, this is good. Okay, my car is in fair condition. Okay, now it's very poor. So there's all these tiers, and the tiers will now lower the value of your vehicle. Now, in the Old Testament, when it says that somebody can't afford the lamb, so then they go to two turtle doves, and then, as we read further, if you continue to read, it begins to tell you that if you can't afford the two turtle doves, then you can bring some fine flour. So whether, you, whether God intended this to be a tiered sacrifice or not, 
people, when they would go to make a sacrifice, you know that they would be feeling, feeling it. You know that they would be realizing that this isn't God's absolute best because God said what he preferred. In this situation, he preferred a lamb or a goat to be able to take away the sins. And so where does that put us today? Jesus' ministry, when he began at age 30, we began to see the age of equality come upon us. We began to see the people who had been marginalized by society all of a sudden have value. Nobody else was showing this value like Jesus. Jesus came and he began to give women rights in his ministry. He began to give them value. Women in society, they weren't even allowed to testify in court because their voice had no worth. Think of that for a second. Uh, Tim, Tim, Dr. Tim Keller points out, and he gives this to, to the point of Jesus showing um, his equality and showing the worth of women by they were the first ones to testify of his resurrection. Think about that. In a time where, where their testimony did not hold ground, he chose two women to come and to testify that God had risen, that Jesus had risen from the grave. It's totally powerful. And as you follow the life and ministry of Jesus, you begin to see that he gave room for the slaves, for the maimed, for, for those who were undeveloped, for children, for the poor, for the leprous, for the adulterous, for the thief. Even on the cross, he made room. He began to level the playing field. Why? Because man, over time, began to use religion as a way to be able to make themselves higher up, to be able to make themselves rich, and they put it on the backs of people to be able to build a platform. Jesus came, and his ministry shows that this has no place in the kingdom of God. Now, here's where this is super important for us today. I want to just share a a quick story. I don't know if you've ever watched uh, the Antique Roadshow before. There is this episode that ended up going viral. It was this guy who looked kind of like a like somebody from Duck Dynasty, super long beard and gray hair and bandana around his head. And he was looking at a Rolex watch. It was something called an Oyster Rolex. Super, super old. I think he bought it when he was overseas in the military. And this watch, he didn't even wear it. It just ended up kind of going in the box with all the paperwork that he uh, had got with it initially. Well, what happened? It began to gain value. This is a box that, for him, it just was probably piled under things. It was put in drawers. It was moved around through the years. To him, it wasn't any big deal. Well, all of a sudden, when the guy begins to tell him the worth of his watch, all of a sudden, he tells him that his particular watch is worth five hundred dollars to $700,000. This guy falls into the gravel. He just collapses into the gravel. And, and it, this part went viral because it's just, it's hilarious, but it also shows this guy who thought that, that this thing would be, you know, that was just piled away, all of a sudden had life 
changing value. And I think this is how we respond with the cross. So many of us, we don't realize what we have. For those of you who were maybe raised in the church and you've kind of heard it all of your life, you look at the cross and yeah, it's the cross. Maybe I wear it around my neck and maybe I put it away. It's just something that isn't a part of your life. And God is showing us in this banquet, in the parable of the banquet, this is everything. This is worth everything. Jesus is the absolute best. He was the best sacrifice that could have been made for you and for me. And and I just want you to think of this now in terms of what I just explained in the Old Testament law. There were tiers of sacrifice. There were tiers based on what you could afford. And uh, one of my favorite sayings from our old superintendent here, Pastor Clarence St. John, used to say, at the cross, we are all at the same level. This is why in the early church, you could have slaves and slave owners sitting right next to each other. You could have women. You could have people of all different backgrounds all together, and that had never happened like this before. Why? Because Jesus brought equality. He's saying this is how the kingdom of God actually is. And we can see this by looking back to the Old Testament law. The lamb, right? Then what, what's next? The two turtle doves. Then if you don't have that, now you go and you tear down to fine flour as your sacrifice. But now today, when we are coming off of Holy Week, we are looking at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was the best. And it was actually better than the best. It is the only. Jesus is the only. And that sacrifice is not any different for anyone else. His sacrifice is greater than your sin. The absolute best and only sacrifice in Jesus Christ is bigger and better than any sin that you have committed. And this is why we celebrate what Christ has done for us. We all, everybody, say all where you're at right now, even if it sounds weird, all have received the best sacrifice. It's no better for anybody else, no matter where they sit in life. It is the same, and his sacrifice is just as good for you as it is for me. And his sacrifice was so good that it covered all of your sin. Now, what does that mean for us? That means that the cross of Jesus Christ is the great equalizer. Jesus is telling us that we need to actually go tell somebody about it. And let, let me explain this for a second. I think this will maybe hit home with some of you because I know some of you like to get a good deal. Now, if you get a good deal, what do you do? If you, what do you call it? You're like, man, I, I stole that thing. Man, it was a steal, right? If you get a good deal, you tell people. That's right, you do. I know you do because you've told me and I've probably told some of you when I get a good deal. What do you do? You feel good about yourself. You feel like you did something awesome. You feel like you're super good. You get extra confident. And then what do you do? You call people. Guess what I got today? Man, I got a steal. It was awesome. That is what this entire banquet of Jesus Christ is about. He is saying, come, come to me, compel people to come. Why? Because this is a steal. This is the best news of all time, that Jesus Christ 
paid it all. That he sacrificed himself for us, for you, for me. And there is no tears. There is no system that is equality because the kingdom of God is about all people for all time. And that means you. And I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited right here. So you should too right now. So I have just this little thing that I want you to repeat after me. Even if you're on your phone and you think this is totally weird and you're with your family and you're in your pajamas, I don't care. I want you to say this with me, okay? God gave me his best in Jesus. Did you say that? God gave me his best in Jesus. Therefore, I receive it. Therefore, I receive it. Friends, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, is understanding that we are broken, that we, like these impoverished people that Jesus spoke to, needed him, needed a savior, and he gave his best, which was himself for you and for me. And I don't know about you, but this makes me super excited because this is what Jesus has done for us. I don't know about you, but I know for me that I understand that I've gotten a really good deal, and this makes me want to tell somebody. This is where it goes all the way back to how I started today, is the parable of the banquet. We are compelling. We are supposed to go compel people to come because of this good news and because the message of Jesus Christ. So what do we do today? How, how is this different from the Old Testament? Like I said, the four tiers. One, confession. Two, payment. Three, the mediator, the priest. And four, that is now the atonement piece between God and the priest on our behalf. Now we're in the New Testament. Confession. We are still obligated by scripture to confess our sins, confess our sins. And then secondly, the payment has been paid. Isn't that amazing? The payment has been paid by who? Our mediator, the priest of all time, what we can read in Hebrews chapter four and Hebrews chapter eight. Jesus is the great high priest who goes to the father on our behalf. So that means when we confess our sins, he forgives us of our sins. And he has gone to God because he has already paid the price. And so I just, I I hope this encourages you today. I hope that if you're sitting here right now and you're like, wow, I I need Christ. I I need him. Right now is the time to do that. Right now is to to say what I even uh, told you to repeat after me, right? God gave me his best in Jesus. Therefore, I receive it. And that is the beginning. That is the first step to following Christ. Now what? Now what? We need to hear from you. That's what. We need to hear from you right now. I don't want you to get cold feet and think, okay, I just did this thing in in my home. No, you need to go and and let us know. Go to lifemn.org and please let us know. Let us know because this is one of the best and biggest decisions you will ever make in your entire life. Would you join us right now as we right now begin to sing a song of worship? And it's a hymn, and it's an older hymn that's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And just look into his glorious face. Would you worship with us right now? And I'll be back with you in just a minute. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. 
absolutely love this song. I, there are so many times that I'll just in, be in my own study and I'll just begin to sing the words of that song. I, I, I pray that you worshiped with us and took some time to just turn your eyes upon him, the most valuable uh, person, the most valuable thing that we could ever put our eyes upon. I want you to be able to um, continue into this next week, being encouraged in the Lord, knowing that you got God's very, very best in Jesus Christ. Please stay connected with us. We continue to reach out to you and to hear from you, to pray for you. Uh, Join us, um, like uh, Jim and Mary Beth said, on Zoom or in different areas. But contact us. Go to our website, lifemn.org. Find a way to connect with us on there. And we will see you next week. God bless.